Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided, episode number 36. This episode of Undivided is brought to you by Audible.com, our sponsor. Again, Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals and speeches. It's Audible.com. That's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after our show this evening and go to the drop-down menu box and type in Life Coach Radio Network for a chance at a free 30-day trial of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the sponsor of our program of Undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome in again, everyone, to Undivided episode number 36. It's our Christmas show, Faith, Hope, and Charity. And we are here on December 19th, exactly uh, one week or a a little less than one week before Christmas. Christmas is next Tuesday. So for all you guys trying to get out there and all you ladies trying to get out there and finishing your Christmas shopping, you've got a few days left to push through and get all these holiday preparations taken care of and all the stuff crossed off your, all the lists that we all seem to have. And we're coming into that, that final push for preparation, but also also should be a preparation as far as your faith and as far as your approach and mindset should be as well. So we're going to talk a lot about that this evening here on our program, but first the disclaimer, the views of this program undivided episode number 36, the Christmas show faith, hope and charity are not necessarily the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri. I have no guests this evening. It is a solo program and is not necessarily or may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. So welcome everyone into our Christmas show. If you remember uh, the Christmas show last year, for those who have listened to the program, and I'm so grateful to those who have stuck with me since the very beginning as we're 36 episodes in and we're in the last episode, the last show of 2018, uh, which I can't believe it went by so fast. I remember doing the production uh, calendar for, you know, 2018. It seemed like I did that a month ago. And now we just went through the production calendar for 2019 last week. Time really certainly does go very quickly. And as the days get shorter, uh, the darkness of these days, there is light and there's a coming light, the coming light of Christmas. If you remember last year's show, uh, as I began to say, I compare and contrasted all of the differences and the different religious holidays that took place in December and in the fall and in some of like the winter months and compared all of them and talked about the darkness versus light scenario. For those that did not uh, hear that show, take a listen to that. Tonight's going to be a little different. Someone had asked me, multiple people actually this uh, past week had asked me how it was going to be different from last year's show. And this year we're kind of taking a different kind of turn on it in looking at faith, hope, and charity. There's Christian roots to these values, of course. You know, there are central components of Roman Catholicism, uh, of which my own belief in, in uh, Catholicism is 
has definitely uh, been uh, certainly well documented over the course of this show, uh, as well as other Christian denominations. But there are virtues in life that we all can learn from and that we all can model ourselves after in order to have a more productive and fulfilled life. So I don't want this show to be one where people feel, um, you know, ostracized over their beliefs. Uh, That's never what I want to do. Obviously, I'm trying to do this show to bring people together. So I ask that you please, you know, bear with me tonight if you're of a different uh, religious or different values uh, type of of set uh, to bear with me tonight to get the central message Uh, which by the end of the show, I think you will understand the message of hope and the message that that hope will bring to us all during this Christmas and holiday season, Uh, a season of light. You know, last episode, uh, two weeks ago, uh, you know, I had talked about the listeners uh, with Hanukkah, my Jewish listeners, and that is a, a festival centered around light and around the candles and, and lighting the menorah. The Christian roots around these virtues of faith, hope, and charity have been established for uh, hundreds of years, thousands of years. They're lasting virtues. They're, these three, faith, hope, and charity, excuse me, are part of the seven heavenly virtues. They are the main three. They're seen as the main three. There are also saints. If you look back through different Christian denominations, uh, there are and different Catholic uh, background on different Catholic uh, rituals and traditions. There are saints, faith, hope, and charity. And their mother was known as Sophia, Saint Sophia, uh, which means wisdom. So the, the uh, Saint Sophia was revered as a very wise woman uh, among the saints. And then faith, hope, and charity were also uh, saints within uh, that structure. And in Christian denominations, there are stories about, you know, their acts of, of love and their acts of charity that lifted people up. And that's what we're hoping to do tonight is to uplift everyone throughout the course of this program. And as you recall or may recall um, in shows past, we've done uh, despair and hope contrasting and uh, shows about faith. And we've uh, interspersed some of those elements throughout the course of the show um, over the lifespan of the different episodes that have taken place. Uh, charity is also known as love. So I had some people ask me about that this week as well. Uh, charity is also, you know, considered or known as love. Um, so I don't want to confuse people there. Uh, there are two, they kind of go hand in hand when you think about uh, the uh, charitable viewpoints uh, and the importance of that uh, contrasted against love. Sorry, I'm having a slight technical issue. I hope that you all can still hear me. I'm trying to clear that up right now, and I got a little distracted by it. Uh, but here we're here we are, uh, December the 19th. And that love and that charitable spirit, that love for God, that love for neighbor, is what we've talked about with different guests on this program is lacking in America, especially today, uh, with the frenetic pace of our lives, with social media, with uh, cell phones and uh, the Internet and 
big screen TVs and things uh, all around us, tablet computers that distract us. We've been pulled apart from that, you know, love of neighbor. And we've been really also separated from the love of God. I've talked about secularism on this show before. We'll we'll speak a little bit about that later because it's it ties in with the faith aspect. You know, there there are lessons from each one of these virtues uh, that are designed to bring us all closer to God, so that we may better serve one another. Now there is a contrast here, and again, as as we are an undivided and uh, in a minute, I'm going to jump into the divide segment of the program, and it's a good segue. There are some people that believe these virtues are not important. They choose to live in a certain way. Uh, they choose to uh, feel that, you know, hope is just something that people talk about, and they are cycling in this hopelessness. Others believe, and some believe, that charity begins at home. You hear that expression a lot. So, you know, why should I give to this or that? You know, there's a couple of different organizations that, you know, we try and help out on the show. And I also try and help out in a personal way. And I've had people say to me, uh, excuse me, uh, I've had people say to me when I'm out trying to raise uh, money or I'm out, out trying to do something uh, for a charitable cause, people have said to me in the past, well, you know, that's uh, a bunch of baloney, basically, in, in nicer terms, uh, that I don't believe that these people are using the money for the right purpose. They're just they're, they're keeping the money, you know, for themselves. So there seems to be this disconnection around charitable organizations because that's not what these a lot of these organizations do, especially the, the very transparent and reliable organizations have done so much good for people, as we've talked about Um, in recent episodes of this program. And they also think that faith is a waste of time. So we're going to look at that as well, as hurtful as that even is for me to say. People do think that, you know, that faith is, is a waste of time, that people that follow it are chasing, you know, essentially fool's gold. And we're going to talk about why people feel that way. And these are heavy subjects. We're going to look for different pathways for people to live in harmony. And I'm going to try to do all of this through my coaching background in a place of non-judgment. So there are people that are lost out there. I had an interaction with someone very unexpectedly uh, through the course of, of my day yesterday who actually brought up to me, uh, and this is the first time I had met this person, you know, that people are out there, and I'm paraphrasing what she said uh, for the most part, but that people are out there and they have no hope because they have no connection to God. There's a loss of faith, and that leads to having no hope at all because if you don't have any kind of connection spiritually to God, if you don't have any kind of connection to a higher power, as we have spoken about on this show plenty of times, and from the coaching perspective, if you're not connected to that, you don't have a life purpose. You don't have any hope. And, and the opposite of that hope is misery and despair. And, you know, people are walking around, she was saying to me, in this, in this sense of despair and that, you know, the, this person was saying to me, I feel bad for them. I pray for them. And because that lack of, of hope and that lack of love or charitable spirit 
that can lead you to a, a very bad place. That can lead you to hatred and wrath and, and, and indifference. So we have to uh, allow people to, to share in God's nature. You know, God is a loving God. God is a giving God. And in the joy of this season, I'm hoping that, you know, we can listen to this program and go out in the world and show people that have no faith or hope or that believe that charity begins at home, you know, a different direction. There are some that do not understand those concepts, as I alluded to before. They don't understand the concept of the three tenets of faith, hope, and charity, so the three main heavenly virtues. So what can be done to raise awareness of these three key components, especially at Christmas time? I think that's a, a, a question of living, being a living example of those values. However, as I said before, in sitting in a place of non-judgment, because Jesus also teaches me through my own faith and belief system that I cannot judge another person. It's not for me to do. That's for God to do. So without judging them, I have to, I have to also do this without being overbearing. And I've tried to emulate that in my own life. I've tried to go out and emulate those values and be a person of light, be a person be a person that is uh, connected to be to others around me without judging them and, and just trying to be kind to them, uh, to be loving to them, to love my neighbor, to love my friends and colleagues and people that I come in contact with during the day and show them, you know, through small things, small acts of kindness, small acts of charity, uh, by and also by accepting them for who they are, what that kind of faith can do. And, you know, talk to them about where they are in, in the process. This life is a process from, through this and help them connect to hope um, all by being a representative of that light. Help them to connect to you know, other people in a way that is not negative, but in a positive place, in a giving place, in a more fulfilling place. And that's, I think, where we start, um, especially at Christmas. You know, people, uh, as I've talked about last year in the Christmas show, and I talked about in recent programs leading up to the show, people are in a giving spirit at Christmas. People are in a giving mood. They are in a mindset of charity that doesn't exist at other points of the year. And these are people that are not necessarily connected with anything of the spiritual realm are not connected with any kind of faith aspect of their lives tend to still reach out and try and help other people or try and do uh, right by other people. And that's where I think, you know, we can capitalize on some of that to help those people. So many people that are lost, we're 15 minutes in. It goes by very quickly, as I've said before on other shows. You're listening to Undivided, episode number 36, their Christmas program, Faith, Hope, and Charity, here on the Life Coach Radio Network. Some upcoming promotions of shows here on the networks for you. Sisters of the Diaspora, Thursday, December 20th. That's tomorrow. Sisters of the Diaspora, Thursday, December 20th, live at 7 p.m. on the Life Coach chat channel. That's Sisters of the Diaspora, Thursday. That's tomorrow, December 20th, live at 7 p.m. Now, that show 
is going to be going through a reboot in 2019. So it's going to be the last time that, that I think all of those ladies are going to be appearing together. So if you're someone that has listened to the program for a while, that's a show you definitely want to check out. Excuse me. Um, that's Sisters of the Diaspora, Thursday, December 20th, live at 7 p.m. on the Coach chat channel. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. It's Christmas time. Let's raise some money for some people that are less fortunate than we are. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to give to your local community or your local area, or enter a local zip code in your area of uh, maybe a place in in your general area that you know people are suffering. Uh, Or, as we've talked about in the show before, enter the poor zip code in your state and donate to them. So like here in New Jersey, if you wanted to donate to Trenton or Camden or Newark, you could find their zip code and donate to them. I believe Camden is still the the poorest zip code in the state. So you can donate and be generous as your means allow. So we're back here on Undivided, episode 36, The Christmas Show. I'm your host, Frank Chambadurian. Welcome back with me as we are still in the divide segment before we went to the 15-minute stop, talking about bringing that light to people that have none. Our society is divided about faith, you know. We're divided about spirituality. I even haggled with it throughout this week, this past week before I came on. How am I going to do this, you know, with the uh, without being at the expense of, you know, alienating people? Uh, yet trying to bring this very important message into the world without having people tune me out. Our society is divided about faith and spirituality, which some believe has driven us into a state of disarray, as I mentioned before in my interaction with the young woman yesterday. While others, excuse me, believe that faith is a non-factor, that, as I mentioned in the show open, you know, faith is a waste of time, that society is just moving in that direction. You know, we have more technology, we have more understanding, we have more things at our disposal, but, well, you know, why do we need faith if we have science and technology? So the question is, what can faith teach us about ourselves, which we can utilize to help the trajectory of society? Pretty excellent question. Uh, Faith and a spiritual connection keeps us grounded and calm. It teaches us patience. It teaches us that we're rooted in something bigger. You know, we're able to move forward with a positive outlook if we have that faith component in our lives, if we have God in our life, if we talk to God on a daily basis. You know, my own routines are well established in the show. You know, I talk to God throughout the day. And, and I pray throughout the day constantly. Without that, I, I can't I'd fall on my face. I know that I'm, I'm connected to something bigger than I am beyond my understanding. But I can do that because I know that that, that God is a loving God, a compassionate God that has my back, so to speak. So I'm able to move forward. I'm able to tackle things throughout the day 
I'm able to look at things with a positive outlook. I'm able to be more understanding when, you know, things that, um, you know, typically would ruffle my feathers, quote unquote, in the past would come through my day. My day gets turbulent, let's say. And I'm more at peace. It helps us to, you know, put us in the mental space to help others. Others who are suffering or hurt or angry. So that's what faith teaches us about ourselves. You know, throughout my own, you know, they call it a faith journey. It really is. That's what I've learned. I've learned that without that, you know, prayer component, without that conversation, without that daily, as my pastor talks about your daily encounter with Jesus, without having that, I'm of no use to myself or anyone else around me. You know, as part of the Stations of the Cross, you know, there's a, a certain intervals where you think about how, you know, when, when Jesus falls beneath the cross, it reminds us of how little we can do without relying on him. And it helps me get in the mindset to help others that are, are hurt, others that come at me very angry. I'm able to do that because of that faith. And that's how we can change the trajectory of society. If each one of us gets incrementally more connected, that will help. The hopelessness of so many people is evidenced in our society today by ballooning rates of depression, anxiety, mental illness, mood disorder, and suicide in America. In recent years, it's had a tremendous societal impact. How can we shift the focus to hope and change the dialogue on social issues? Well, that's a, a certainly a, a heavy question. We've talked on this show, and we've had shows on mental illness. We've had shows on anxiety. We have had shows on anxiety and parenting, anxiety and teenage stress, uh, the mental illness show with uh, the stigma mental illness show with Nicholas Perez, We've had different guests on, Arlene Schneider and Maggie Stearns, uh, talking about mental illness. We did the suicide show with Paul Garwood, the suicide epidemic program. So I've tried to tackle this divide in a number of different ways, and we still don't talk enough about it in this country. Christmas is a season of light and hope. There's a challenge there, you know, the hopelessness that people are living in is in the absence of faith. Because as I said before, if you have no faith, you have no hope. What were you hoping in? What are you hoping for? But that's driven by the secularism and the relativism of this country where faith has been stripped away from our societal discourse. And this political correctness has taken hold. While, you know, that's important in a lot of ways, you know, you have, we, I think we still have to talk about and find a place for talking about faith while not being offensive. I think that we as Americans and we as a society can have a respectful and purposeful dialogue, and a lot of purposeful dialogue on religion and faith and hope, but we have to be open-minded on each side in order for that to be successful. I have friends of all different faiths and religions, as I've talked about on this show, and I'm really blessed and fortunate to have that. I have Jewish friends and 
for friends who are Muslim and uh, friends who are Sikh and friends who are Hindu. And I have friends from across the different Christian denominations and also obviously Catholic friends. And we all agree on those certain tenets, those main tenets, and three of them are these, faith, hope, and charity. And how we can have very respectful dialogues with each other about our differences in faith and religion. Without faith that God provides us a new day, there's no hope. And without hope, you have nothing. So what do we have to do, you know, to change the dialogue? We have to take action. You know, so many times we're looking for other people to do something. It's like the Matthew West song, you know, uh, you know, God, what are you going to do about this? There's all this going on in the world. God, you know, responds, I created you. I created you. You, you could do something about this. We have to do something. We have to do something to bring hope to those who have none. We have to take action. We can't just pass the book, so to speak. We can't just think, well, someone else will do it. Think of what you can do in your own way, especially if you're a spiritual person, if you're a faith-filled person, if that faith is part of your your daily purpose in life, part of your daily routine. What can I do to bring that hope and that faith to someone who has none? Think about that. We've discussed on this show in past episodes the concept that it is unfortunately part of the human condition that charity begins at home scenario that I mentioned in the open. How do we cycle out of this mentality toward a view that sharing and giving to others in need is critically important and necessary for societal well-being? You know, giving is an unpopular concept in Western culture especially in America to some degree. While we are a very generous country, and I talked about that on the July 4th program and on other programs, program with Ramana Stokel, where we talked about the Western Split Show, we are a very giving society. We're a very giving culture. But sometimes that concept of charity to certain Americans is a very unpopular one. Again, what I was saying before in the in the show open about what people would say to me in some of the, the charitable causes I've been a part of, you know, for very, very reputable charities are saying, well, they're just going to keep the money and use it for their own purposes. So uh, I'm not going to do that. And again, that's, you know, everyone's prerogative is what to do with their own money. But, you know, our faith and Judeo-Christian value systems and even in Islam, they teach you to be giving and charitable to those, especially those in need. So how do we get around this? People thinking that, you know, there's abuse there. Also, people within different systems trying to abuse and game the system, so to speak, and getting benefits that they don't deserve or don't qualify for yet have kind of tricked the system into getting. There's that issue and there's that mentality about giving and sharing that has brought this society into this uh, very divided state as well. And, you know, we have to certainly put up different safeguards, you know, through the, through the government programs and things of that nature 
um, and then through the different charitable organizations, you know, qualify uh, the person to make sure that, you know, they verify the person really is truly in need so that the, the resources get to those that, that truly need them. It's unfortunate that this has become part of, of how our society is, has put on this mentality about charity. Jamarcus Russell is a good example, though, of how to take this another direction. If those who are football fans will know the name uh, or may know the name for, for others that are not sports fans or football fans, I'll give you a little backstory. Jamarcus Russell was a quarterback, a college quarterback that was highly touted and was drafted very high by the Oakland Raiders and was given a contract with a very big uh, bonus, signing bonus. And he didn't perform very well. Um, he was put in kind of a bad situation. It's kind of a long story, but he never really panned out. Um, and he ended up not sticking in the NFL. Um, he, his career was uh, not what it was supposed to be. And Al Davis, who's, who was the owner of the Raiders at that time, he's since passed away. His son runs the team now. Al Davis was very instrumental in drafting Jamarcus Russell. And he decided to honor his entire contract at the time that they severed ties and gave him his entire signing bonus, whereas he could have maybe, you know, taken part of it or withheld all of it um, because, you know, things didn't work out. Let's put it that way. And, you know, years later, I was reading an article in a sports magazine and there was an interview with uh, Jamarcus Russell and he was living back in the South in Mississippi and they were hit by, you know, some storms, hurricanes, and things of that nature. And he would drive around and just give money out to people. He held, you know, Christmas, speaking of Christmas, he always had uh, big Christmas parties at a local establishment, like a community center, and gave out really expensive gifts to all these kids that were in need. He would hand people money to rebuild their house. And people are saying to him, you know, what are you doing? Like, you can't play football anymore. You're trying to figure out how you're going to, you know, what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And you're giving money away. And he said, well, I was very blessed that I was given, you know, my full signing bonus. And that God is watching me. I'm going to give without expecting repayment ever. God's watching me. Uh, eventually, at some point, I'm going to have to answer to God. That's what he says in this article. It's very refreshing. God's going to say to me, this didn't work out, yet you still got paid an awful lot of money, more than you need, and there's people in need in front of you and you didn't do anything. So I'm going to have to answer to God. So, you know, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. And that's a very unpopular way in America to think. But God is watching what you're doing. You know, don't let the right hand know what the left hand's doing, as Jesus says, as far as giving and almsgiving. You know, if you were down and out, you know, think of yourself in those situations. You'd have some empathy. You'd have some empathy for that person. And hopefully that you would give without, you know, expecting to get anything back. Think about if you were in that position, you know, if someone came and helped you. 
There exists so much criticism of these virtues that some Christian theological scholars call it a desert of criticism, which can serve to further divide people. So the question is, how do we navigate this criticism while holding firm to Christian values? As I mentioned before, it goes back to being non-judgmental, to not playing into the negativity and the undercurrent of that criticism. Uh, because it is, there's, there are people out there that criticize having faith, that criticize being charitable and loving towards other people. That there's an apathy that, you know, pulls against those unifying factors of faith, hope, and charity. People say, oh, you know, I don't feel like doing any of that today. You know, we could, and that's a sign of something else going on emotionally and mentally. You know, it, life is, is exhausting today. And that's where the need for faith is and hope is even more powerful and more necessary. We can still be as Christians and as Catholics and, you know, other religions, too, that believe in these same tenets, but maybe they call them by a different name. We can still be peaceful. We can still be joyful. We can still do that. Be non-judgmental, excuse me. And through that patience and that temperament, we can unify people. That's how we're going to get around that desert of criticism is we could still unify people by showing love to them, by being love to them, to love your neighbor. And we talked about that so many times on this program. It all comes back to the, to the basic commandment, the golden rule, to love your neighbor as yourself. I've talked to a couple different people that came up to me and brought that up to me again because it was Christmas time. Saying, I'm thinking about all these people that are so divided and so lost. That's how we navigate the situation. We're a few minutes past the, the midpoint, and but I thought it was a great discourse. We're going to uh, do our midpoint of the show break. We're about 35 minutes in, 34 minutes in to be exact. We're going to go a little over tonight. Uh, but again, I thought it was important that we address the questions here. And we're going to go to the Bridging the Divide segment in a moment. But we're at our midpoint of our show break. Uh, episode 36 will be back in a moment of Undivided, our Christmas show on faith, hope, and charity. Some upcoming show promotions for you. Replenish me. Replenish me. Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia Gaffar. Replenish me live. 7 p.m. Wednesday, the 26th of December. It's one week from tonight here on Life Coach Radio Network. Cordelia Gaffar, Replenish Me is the show. Live at 7 p.m. Wednesday, the 26th on the Life Coach Radio Network. Uh, Cordelia's had some very interesting guests on. Uh, last two, three shows have been very, very profound. If you haven't listened, check them out. They're archived on iTunes, as is my show. So check that out. That's Replenish Me with Cordelia Gaffar as host. Live at 7 p.m. next Wednesday, one week from tonight on the Life Coach Radio Network. And speaking of, you know, replenishment, we talked earlier about mental illness, emotional distress. Uh, the holidays, you know, are a particularly difficult time for people. They're always looking at their own lives and thinking, you oh, know, things could be better than what, what they are. Maybe they're missing someone that they've lost or they've lost someone recently, and that's a source of... Um, of uh, 
you know, depression for them, a source of sadness for them, and maybe you or someone that you know or love is thinking about harming themselves. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. They remind you that you matter. So please, please call the number, excuse me. Please call the number. There are people there to listen. If you're struggling, I understand life gets hard. I was just talking about how life today is exhausting, especially at the holidays. You know, you're cooking or cleaning or organizing and wrapping gifts and have to go shopping, and you're feeling this time pressure, and the days are shorter, and there's, it's dark earlier. It's cold outside here in New Jersey and throughout other parts of our great country. Don't give in to all that. Don't get it, give in to the hopelessness, the faithlessness of the society. Have faith. Have hope. Take the first step. Call the number, 800-273-8255. It gets better. Every life is precious. Every life has been created by God. You are created for a purpose. And it may not seem like it now. You are. Things will get better. Your life will improve. Give it a chance please call. The Alzheimer's Foundation of America, 866-232-8484. Such a a profoundly terrible disease, uh, Alzheimer's, and we're trying to raise some awareness of that. 866-232-8484 or www.alz as in zebra, F as in Frank, D as in David, N as in Nancy.org. That's the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. And we're back here on Undivided. Episode number 36, The Christmas Show. And now we're going to enter the Bridging the Divide segment. Uh, Audible.com, excuse me, is our sponsor. Undivided Show, that's undivided, S-H-O-W at gmail.com, to provide some feedback on the episode tonight. So before we went to the break, excuse me, before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, being the light to those who have none being hope for people and navigating the desert of criticism as some Christian theologians have called the pushback because there is some pushback against faith, hope, and charity. So how do we bridge the divide between those who have either no faith or do not know what faith is? Okay. So there's a, a, a segment of people, there's a group of people that either have no faith, they're atheists. They don't know what faith even, even is. Their parents, their friends, No one has ever talked to them about it. Those who cycle continually in hopelessness without knowing or grasping those consequences. Again, those people that are walking around the world with no hope. Those who have been hardened by the world into being uncharitable, as we've talked about in the divide segment. How do we bridge the divide between all those people with those who believe deeply in the power of faith, the essential need for hope, and the importance of charity. It comes down to a few things. If you're trying to bridge that divide, which this is a huge question, it always is during the point of the show, it's a very big question that I'm asking tonight of myself. It starts by living love. You know, we hear that expression, you have to live love. You do, you have to live love. You have to be patient. You have to be kind. You have to be generous and considerate, especially to those who are not that way to you. You know, as Jesus says in the Bible at one point, you know, you have to pray for your enemies. 
And, they, and, and everyone was like, really? Well, if you pray for the people that you love and that you like, you know, I pray for my friends, my buddies, that sort of thing. Sinners do that. They pray only for the people that they care about. You have to pray for people that bother you. You have to pray for people that annoy you. And we all have that. As good as we want to be, there are people that just, for one reason or another, they grade on you. They bother you. They get under your skin. They do things maybe that drive you crazy, you know, that irritate you. You have to live love for those people. You have to pray for those people. You have to show them that there's something better out there. And if each one of us does that for another person, that's how we change the world. That's how you make a difference. That's what Dr. King was talking about. We have to live the gospel messages. And if you don't know what they are, reread the gospel. Reread Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Reread them. If you haven't done it since Sunday school, it's Advent, it's the Christmas season. Maybe you're off for a few days from work. Maybe you're off between you've saved up your vacation days and you're off on a PTO from Christmas through New Year's. That's what you can do. It's part of what you can do. Reread them so you can live them. Be the light to people that have none. Be caring and reach out to those who are in need. Visit people that are sick. Follow the path of Christ. Follow that path. He said to us, don't do anything big and huge. Do stuff that's small and humble. Show people humility and grace. Be kind and show love to people that are hardened by anger, envy, jealousy, hatred, and fear. Because so many people out there are. We have to, you have to convince some of these people who believe in these tenets. And this is the other part of this question that becomes very hard. Because there are people that do and there are people that are off on the other end. They don't. They've never been introduced to it. You could be that bridge for them. You know, I've been told by a couple of people, you know, my parents had no faith. But I saw it in you. That's what we have to be for each other. And we have to convince the people that do believe in these three tenets to not judge others who do not share those beliefs. This is very critical. It's the holier-than-thou piece of this situation. Because it's a very real situation. You have people, there's a very big part of this dialogue tonight. You have people that feel that those that do have faith or those that do have uh, hope and those that are really invested in some kind of spiritual connection, they judge others that don't. They put others down that don't. And that's not living in the path of Jesus. That's not living in the image and likeness of God. We're not supposed to judge other people. We're not supposed to, to, to say anything bad about those who maybe have a different belief system than we do. We have to accept people for who they are, what they are, and where they are in their lives. You know, that's a big coaching thing, too. We have to meet people where they are. And we do. Each one of us can do that. Each one of us can.
can do that for another person. We have to meet them where they are. It's very important. They may not be on the same wavelength when it comes to any of those three things. And we have to be okay with that and take it one step at a time. No judgment zone, you know. So then it's okay. I understand. How, how can I help you? Where do you see yourself going? What do you want to do with your life? You know, how are you going to make a difference in the world? Take the time to do that. And what is your perspective around those is an email question. What is your perspective around those who say they do believe in the importance of faith, hope, and charity, but their actions are not congruent and are not backing that up? So it's similar to the last piece of the last question, but I thought it was a really cool question. I got it in an email. And, you know, in the Bible, there's another point which talks about, you know, faith without works you know, is nothing. Faith without works is useless. And that's what Catholics believe. You have faith, you do all your prayers, this and that. That's great. But if you're not actually doing small actions and works, and not huge things, that faith is useless. You have to be doing something to make a difference. Also, we have to do things in charity. So we talk about each thing, each tenant. We have to do things in charity without bragging about it. Remember the the conversation and the dialogue and the gospel between Jesus and his disciples about the woman with the three coins. And for those that are not familiar with that, there were uh, there was a scene where they were Jesus was watching with his disciples, people in a synagogue. And at the temple, and the men, the Pharisees, the scribes, the real uh, high-end religious guys, and then some wealthy people and tax collectors were going up and, and putting money in so that everyone could see them do it. And this woman had three coins. It's all she owned. She was poor. And she put the three coins in to the collection that they were taking. And Jesus says, you know, this woman you know, uh, is blessed, even though she gave the smallest contribution, she had the biggest impact because this woman gave all that she owned to charity. She had that much faith in God, whereas these other guys gave out of their surplus wealth. And so many times we do that. We throw a 20 in the collection plate. I'm guilty of it myself. We throw a 20 in a collection plate. We're just, all right, I I did what I had to do, you know, this Sunday to really give you know, without seeking repayment, to give it till it hurts. That's the challenge for, you know, myself, others that I know, and, and I think for us all at a certain point in our journey. You know, and having hope, understanding that our actions speak louder than our words, and they also resonate more profoundly. So it, it, with that action, you know, you're going out of your way to help someone, share something with them, you know, buy them a candy bar. You know, my full-time job, you know, we have um, an area where there's a bunch of snacks for sale and beverages and things of that nature. And I always ask the people around me, you know, do you want something to drink? Do you want something to eat? Do you want a snack? Have you eaten today? Have you been hydrating today? Hydration is so important for, for the human body. 
know, for their well-being. You know, let me get you something. I'll, t- I'll get it for you, you know. And I remember a uh, guy who was the supervisor before me did the same thing for us. We're of two totally different belief, religious belief systems. And he did the same thing for us. And, and I've always done that for others as well, or tried to. Even if it's a wave or a smile, some small action to go out of your way to help someone else. That's going to drive this. You know, we can't talk a game and then do, do the opposite. We can't say, oh, you know, we're going to go where we're this great person and we do all this, you know, work for people in the community and then, you know, spite the people around us. And that's a human condition thing. Sometimes we drive away even the people and especially the people that are closest to us. And we all have to take personal inventory of that as well. The news media is a fear machine. And we've talked about that on this program often. The news media fear machine tries to drive people away from these three main components of faith, hope, and charity. They do. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, it happens. How can we move the messaging in a more positive and hopeful direction? That's a great question. Um, Social media can help in that way. As much as we want to dog, quote-unquote dog social media, uh, for some of the things that it, it gets wrong and some of the ways that it does. You know, I saw a post, uh, 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 kind of a meme of some kind the other day where it was like uh, social media uh, keeps you close to the people you haven't seen in a long time or are very distant from, but drives you away from the people that you're closest to. So think about that. You know, social media can help because you can post things that, are unfiltered messages. Yeah, I use Twitter often for that purpose uh, to share different things that I've worked on. I'm on the writing side of, of what I do, uh, some articles that I've written or a message, a uh, coaching message, or maybe a coaching message on my coaching website. I'll do that to try and change the dialogue, move the messaging, move that needle, so to speak, in a more positive direction. You see that on social media where the, where the mainstream media, the fear machine, tries to move you away from stories that have any type of light or hope to them. The social media, you, you know, Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook and others have really unfiltered accounts of faith, stories of hope and charitable acts of kindness, you know, people doing things to help others in need, children starting lemonade stands for kids with cancer, you know, things of that. It's really wonderful things. You know, people are doing such hope-filled things to, you know, lift up a person with a disability, let's say. There's hope in the face of despair when we look at those stories because that despair, that lack of hope that seems to have gripped so many people especially in America, that we're constantly comparing our lives, that keeping up with the Joneses that Marla Goldberg and I talked about, that was part of the discussion when Romana was on the show with the Western split and the pursuit of, you know, material things in Western society, which is a very real situation. 
that causes a lot of despair when we feel that we've been shortchanged, quote unquote, or gypped. We don't have what John across the street and uh, Jenny next door have in their house, and we want it. Or we're in despair because we don't have the job we think we should have. Podcasts can do that. Blogs, video blogging, or vlogging, as they call it now, and all these new media accounts and media platforms, all this new media, as we call it, through Google, through Audible.com, which is a sponsor of this program. All these things can bring hope in the face of that despair, can bring about charitable, loving acts, and can bring about stories and accounts of faith. You know, the big one recently, I'm sure most of you have seen, is with this young girl in Texas that was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and the brain tumor is completely gone. And there is no medical explanation for it on the power of prayer. The power of prayer. It's a walking miracle. And I know similar people I've shared in, on this show before, the experience that I've had in my church parish community with a men's discipleship group at one point that went on for years and is no longer in the same form and format that it was, but I used to go in the evenings. That was like my night off. That was my me night. It was a Thursdays, every Thursday. And we would pray for people that had cancer and then it was gone. We prayed for people that had a heart condition that was diagnosed on multiple tests. They're going to go have heart surgery. They couldn't find the heart defect or the heart problem anymore. I have been with people that I know very well that have had major medical issues that have been documented for months. We pray over them and it's gone. That's the power of faith. That's the power of hope. Because they hoped, they had hope because they had faith in God. And we were charitable in the way that we approached it. We were all trying to pitch in to help those people and help their families. And that's doing God's work. And I wish that the people that were lost would have that because you'd feel found. I was lost, and I think I shared that on one of the shows. I was down and out. And my wife and my pastor pushed me to go to this group, and I didn't want to go. And it changed my life. I didn't want to go. I was like, "Ah, I'm not really a joiner. I'm not really a person that wants to spend my night off. You know, I'm a big sports guy. I want to watch the NBA on TNT or a hockey game or something like that on Thursday nights. That's what I want to do. That would be my ideal night, be watching a game. And I'm like, man, I'm going to miss the games. Uh, to go to this group. I very quickly didn't care about the games anymore. Had a profound impact on my life. It still does to this day. And as I said, you know, those people that I I encountered and met, those men are, you know, made an impression on my life and are still a part of my life. And we've we've shared many experiences together. We've gone places together. We've done things. And, you know, we've shared those real accounts make these values tangible they're tangible now to people they're real but you have to go out and experience them so if a story on social media inspires you do something about it take action on it if 
the story that I've shared on this show, on this podcast, or on my blog, or on any of the types of media that I've been a part of, my book, which is on Amazon, my poetry book, and my book on the Stations of the Cross are both on Amazon right now. If those things have reached you, which I'm blessed to have reached people with, if they've made those values tangible, do something with it. Please do something with it. What is the role of coaching in relation to the three core concepts of faith, hope, and charity? Well, coaching teaches us the importance of faith, teaches us the spiritual connection to community, that we are all one. You know, as I mentioned before in the last show, you know, we are not the spokes, we are the wheel. I've mentioned it a couple times. It's a foundational principle from IPEC, the school that I, I received my coaching certification and my ELI from. Excuse me. Uh, coaching teaches the importance of faith and a spiritual connection to community. Faith in others. Faith in ourselves. And also helping others to rise to the occasion. Uh, I may or may not have shared with you, you know, we had a uh, someone in a job that uh, I was in and we chose this person to train someone who was new and uh, myself and, and one or one or two other people, I can't really remember who was involved in the decision, but I was part of the decision. This other person was a, a big part of it too. It was really more, it was a joint call between he and I. And we chose this other guy to train this this new person that had never done anything um, in sales before. And we got a lot of flack for that. It was like, oh, you know, from other people. Oh, you chose, you know, so-and-so to, to be the guy that's going to be the main, you know, trainee, uh, trainer for this trainee. Yes. Well, that's not going to work out. This this person, you know, the trainee is not going to make it or they're not going to know anything. And we're going to have to, you know, go through the process of finding a guy that's the right fit again. And, you know, it was, a, it was a sales team. So there's a lot of different, you know, dynamics that are always at play there. And I distinctly remember, you know, saying to those people that were kind of like I call them like naysayers. First of all, trust me, you know, because you know, I, I've made, made a lot of decisions and I make a lot of decisions and form decisions with faith. So I talk to God, I make the decision. But also trust that this person's going to rise to the occasion and help them do it. Help this person be, you know, a rally around them. Help them to rise to the occasion. And guess what? This person did. This person rose to the occasion. Even the people other colleagues that we had that worked in other parts of what we were doing or another division of the company, we kind of had some crossover. They would say, wow, I'm so impressed with so-and-so and how he's training. I overheard or I uh, overheard an interaction or I witnessed them doing X, Y, and Z the other day and I just happened to be going by and I'm really impressed. And the person that he trained ended up becoming a really solid salesperson really solid performer. But it's because, you know, myself and this other other people that are involved in the decision, we believed in this guy. We saw something he didn't see in himself. He was even saying, man, you picked me to train, you know, so-and-so. 
Yes, I think you can do it. And sometimes that's what people need. They need to be able to rise to the occasion. They need to know that someone believes in them, and that's what coaches do. Coaches help you to rise to the occasion in your own life, in your own career. Coaching is also forward-looking and forward-directed, future-directed, as we would say, which is a hope. That speaks to hope and a hope aspect of it. We have a hope that you know, tomorrow is going to be better than you know, maybe yesterday was. But we don't even think about yesterday. Yesterday's gone. Coaching we teach that the present and the future can be better than yesterday if you embrace the moment. It's all about living in the moment, each moment. You know, with all these people, uh, a couple people I know have lost people very close to them recently. I have some people that have lost friends very tragically. I've known people that have lost relatives very tragically in the last two weeks. And in all that, it's live for the day. You don't know. My wife and I were talking about it. We're both like, we could not be here tomorrow for all we know. That's why we have to live in the now. That's why you have to take each moment and seize it. Don't be walking around in a state of hopelessness. You have today. You have right now. You know, the old rent song, there's... There's only us. There's only this. There's no day but today. And you know what? That Jonathan guy was right. There is no day but today. That's all that we're promised by God is today. You know, Jesus in the Bible, again, I'll do a biblical reference to the Christmas show, so why not? says, don't think about tomorrow. Today is enough problems of its own. And if God, if you believe God loves you and God provides for the birds and God provides for the animals, what more is he going to do for you? He's going to take care of you. You're, everyone's worried about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear and what clothes they're going to Read that part of the gospel. Don't worry about any of that stuff. God will provide. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's wasted energy. There's only today. And preparing today for tomorrow. And coaching teaches you also the value of giving your talents to help others. It's a very big part of it. Again, we're the wheel. We're all together in this thing. We've all got the oars in the water, so to speak. And that's a very Christian, very Christian, very Judeo-Christian thing. Giving your talents giving up yourself and what you can do well, the whole community aspect. You know, communities used to have a guy that was a, you know, a, a, a person that made shoes, a cobbler, I couldn't think of the name. They used to have a guy who was a lawyer and they had a, a woman that was a seamstress and they had people that ran a general store, maybe a husband and wife or whoever it was, a family. They had people that could cut hair or they had people that, you get the deal. Everyone had their own talent. They all pitched in, and that's how you build a community. In the old days, that's how they build towns. What can you do well? Okay, you're going to start that shop. Oh, you, you used to be a, a metal worker, when then you used to be the blacksmith. You know, that, that's what they did. That's what we have to do. We have to give of our talents to inspire, motivate, help, and lift up those around us. 
And that's going to help you find fulfillment on every level of your life, in your family life, in your personal life, in your job, in your profession. That's going to help you because you help someone else. You know, the, when, when I pray and reflect on the stations of the cross and the uh, in the station, the tenth station, when Jesus is stripped of his garments, it's the message behind that is none of us is taking with us. He's about to go to his death for us. No one is taking with us what we have here on earth. It's all going goodbye. We're not taking it with us. So we have to give of those talents. Give them away. We're not taking it with us to inspire and help and lift up those around us. And that's what coaching does. That's the role of coaching in this. So we're at six, I'm sorry, we're um, five minutes past the hour right now. I almost said six minutes. It's actually five if you want to be technical. And we're at the common ground piece of our program. And then we're going to do some other things before we close the show for the, for the night. I knew we were going to be about five minutes over when we got to this point. So thank you for listening. As I, again, as I said, thank you for staying with me. And in this segment of the show, we always seem to, we always seek to find, excuse me, uh, common ground, some small steps that we can do, immediate steps that we can do together on a, a certain divide, a certain issue to become more unified and more harmonized. So how do we find common ground on these three components of faith, hope, and charity in an increasingly self-centered, self-focused, secular, hopeless, cynical society balanced against those who feel strongly that these three tenets, these central tenets of faith, hope, and charity have changed their lives in a powerful, positive, and fulfilling way? Really big question. It starts in a place of hope that people in the interior self, as we talk about, are inherently good and well-intentioned. And there's a couple of people that I know that, you know, they might have some cuss words coming out of their mouth, or they might come off as very aloof, or they might come off as, you know, very short-tempered. But their interior self, like that's their exterior, and that's how they present their interior self is really, and when you get to know them, they're much more charitable and giving and faith-based. They might pray. I would never have guessed that they did, and then I find out that they do, that they have, you know, a relationship with God, that they have a spiritual connection, but it doesn't present in the open. It's more of an interior thing, and that's what we're judged on you know, in the end anyway. I mean, it's more of both. But what are our true intentions? Some people can present one way and are inherently good and inherently have well intentions, good intentions, excuse me, and are kind of led down the wrong path. It's that hope that those people can turn that to the exterior as well to, you know, present with love and charity outwardly to present with happiness versus, you know, coming off as kind of like a, a grumpy person, yet they really on the other side are, are, you know, doing something very good for other people, but you never, you would never know. Kind of changing the way they interact with people. 
It continues with not judging or criticizing a person for their decisions, which we're so quick to do. And that's what makes society even more cynical is because they feel like, and more in some ways, interiorly self-focused because they feel like they're always being judged and criticized for everything that they do. Oh, you're picking, you're picking on me, excuse me, or so-and-so is picking on me all the time. Or so-and-so never leaves me alone about, you know, always saying that I did something stupid, quote unquote. We have to, to refrain from doing that to other people. And I know that, you know, inherently in, in some of what we do, that's, that's how we deal with things. We have to change that, you know, methodology. We have to change that, that way that, that we make that approach and lead with love and grace. And by doing that and by, and, and by help, by showing kindness and by living the gospel, that's how we're going to make a difference. That's how we're going to find common ground. If we change the way and alter the way that we would react to situations by putting on the eyes of Christ and by looking at it the way that he would, it's very important, especially at Christmas time, but throughout the year too, as we approach New Year's, and we'll be talking about the New Year's show in a couple minutes. That's where it starts is by you know, showing that kindness by living the gospel message, by loving your neighbor, but by altering how we do things and how we re- react. You know, so many times we want to react defensively, especially to people around us, you know, that we're close to. You know, as my grandfather would say, you know, bless his soul, um, you know, count to 10, take a deep breath, take a step back and then respond. And it works, you know, it, 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 it's words to live by. I find myself at points of the day doing it and then not doing it. And when I am forgetting and then snapping, you know, and when I do it, it, it always works out better than when I don't. So put on the eyes of Christ and uh, look at it through that lens. Look at it through the lens of, of being a person filled with charitable giving and love, giving of your talents and you know, maybe your talent is to, you know, be there for another person. You're a good listener. You know, do some of those things for people. And that will then in turn show them, you know, that it's possible to live united and in harmony and at peace instead of so divided. It's possible to live undivided. So, guys, thank you for listening, for staying with me. I'm going to do some PSAs. I do have one other thing I'm going to do. As you all know, I will wrap up the show in a very special way, and then we'll talk about some things that are ahead for for 2019, unbelievably. Audible.com is our sponsor. UndividedShow at gmail.com is our email address. Please send me an email. Let me know. Give me some feedback on tonight's show. For the people that sent and emailed questions, I thank you so much for your interaction um, during the course of, of this program. Uh, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. So give to that organization. Food for the Poor, www.foodforthepoor.org or 800-427-9104. Some upcoming show promotions, guys. I have to do that. We're beyond the, the top of the hour uh, break for that. Uh, Erica Wiederlight, Mondays twice a month at 11.30 a.m. Eastern live on the Life Coach Radio Network. That's Erica Wiederlight, 
Mondays twice a month. Actually, she's splits time between the radio network and the chat channel. So check that out. Check the site for her 2019 schedule. And so her new shows will start back up in January. That's twice a month on Mondays, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Live, Erica Weederlight. Uh, Sisters of the Diaspora, tomorrow night, Thursday, December 20th, live at 7 p.m. And again, they may or may not get into the fact that they're going to be rebooting that show in 2019. I would think they'd have to probably talk about that on Life Coach Chat Channel. Replenish Me with Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia Gaffar, a week from tonight, Wednesday the 26th. So if you're off your home after the Christmas holiday, uh, check that out live at 7 p.m. on Life Coach Radio Network. And Holy Shift, Holy Shift, like a shift of a car. Barb Heenan and Leslie Pachotti talking about energy shifts. They're the first and third Wednesday of every month at 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern, live on Life Coach Radio Network. Again, that's Barb Heenan and Leslie. Holy shift, like an energy shift. First and third Wednesdays of the month, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern. Check the site for the 2019 schedule, which is a great segue to my next show, Episode 37 of Undivided will air on Wednesday, January the 2nd, 2019, the New Year's show. If you remember last year, we did a show all about New Year's resolutions. This year's show is New Year, New Opportunities. And what I'm going to be talking about in that show in brief is uh, different energy we put towards tasks, having energy that's very anabolic, uh, energy that's very positive, that looks for opportunities in every situation. And we're going to talk about the situations that the new year will present us with and how you can take advantage of them from the coaching perspective uh, to find your way towards a fulfillment and a very fulfilling and blessed year in 2019. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 800-273-8255, Alzheimer's Foundation of America 866-232-8484, www.alzfdn.org, www.samaritanspurse.org, MAP International, it's www.map, M-A-P is in Peter.org, 800-225-8550. Again, 800-225-8550 for MAP International. Let's raise some money for people that are far less than us as we talk about being charitable and giving on this show. So tonight we talked about faith, hope, and charity. We talked about those three heavenly virtues, those three being the key to all of them, to living in a way that is truly undivided by being the light for those around us, by living the messages of faith, by having faith in something bigger than ourselves, having that spiritual connection sharing that with others through our actions, by not judging them, by not criticizing them, but by loving them, supporting them, guiding them, and being the light for them. You know, people have asked me, you know, what is the meaning of Christmas? You know, they, they may not have the same kind of faith experience. You know, what is the meaning of Christmas? What, what, do you, what would you say to someone You know, when they ask you that, how would you address that? And I talked to him, I said, you know, it it goes back to your childhood. Have you ever seen Charlie Brown's The Christmas Special? 
Some people have and some people haven't. And everyone remembers the peanuts, I would think, that's a certain age. But if you remember during the course of that show, Charles Schultz, the creator, puts in this this whole passage and this whole segment of the show that CBS wanted removed. And Schultz says, I'm not removing it. Yeah, I'll go to a different network. I'll pull the show. I'm not removing it because I believe strongly in this, that this is the meaning of Christmas. And if you remember the scene, you know, Charlie Brown and Linus, and Charlie Brown is like, you know, what is the meaning of all this? And Linus, you know, responds with that passage that, you know, straight from the Bible that you know, the network execs wanted this off the off the air. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appear with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And that is the meaning of Christmas. That's the meaning. A Savior's been born. And if you remember during the special, at one point Linus drops his blanket. Do not be afraid his security blanket. He never dropped it during the course of the show. If you watch it closely, he drops it during that scene. For a Savior has been born to you. Savior of the world. Please uh, check out my practice. Thank you for listening. Please check out my practice at Frank J. Maduri Coaching. Dot com. As I mentioned before, my book, Reflections of a Passion, A Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross, is available on Amazon by just Google searching Amazon and then putting my name, Frank Maduri, into the box, the search box. My next show is January the 2nd, New Year, New Opportunities. That's January the 2nd. It's a Wednesday. New Year, New Opportunities. It's going to be a recorded show. It's going to be a solo program. I can't believe that 2018 is in the books. We had some wonderful guests. And I thank you to all the listeners for your support of this program. Listeners near and far, I've gotten messages of hope and and of light and of joy from around the world. I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for the platform to reach those around the world. 
to reach people in, in Canada and Europe and throughout Central Europe. And thank you all very much from the bottom of my heart for listening to this program and for interacting with this program, the emails, the callers throughout 2018. We've really, truly touched each other, enriched each other's lives. And I hope that this show uplifts listeners that maybe have listened for the first time. I thank you so much for staying on with me, for listening and living those three things, that faith, hope, and charity is how you truly live undivided. So this has been episode 36, Christmas, Faith, Hope, and Charity. And again, welcome to those who are listening uh, throughout the world. I thank you. And I thank all of you for your time and uh, for being so gracious to me. For Russ Terry, for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts, this has been Undivided Episode 36. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And until I see you again on January the 2nd, as always, be blessed, be well, and have a Merry and Blessed Christmas.